or what it does is not something that we always have an answer for. Uh, that's the way God wants us to give it, just freely. Uh, and uh, we don't know exactly what God's going to do with it, whether it's our lives or whether it's our resources or whatever it is. Um, but I can tell you what God will do for us. Um, over in, uh, this is not the text, this is just something I was thinking about uh, as she was singing one of my favorite passages uh, about giving your all or as much as you possibly can give. Um, and Jesus said this over in the sixth chapter of the, of, of the, of the Gospel of Luke. Just listen, just, just one verse. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, whatever I place in your hands, it will be measured back to you. You can count on it. Now, I know there's a lot of you who could say today, goodness, that's the way I've always lived my life. And you can just sit around and count your blessings. Before you finish counting, God would bless you again because that's what he tells us to do. Now, I am going to be uh, preaching uh, from Second uh, Chronicles chapter 24. If you want to go over there, you can. Um, I, uh, I have up here uh, today uh, a chest. We're not going to use it today. We're going to use it next Sunday. But, uh, you know, this is a, this is a, this is a biblical pattern uh, that God set in His Word, and we have seen it over and over again. But probably nowhere more clearly than it is explained and revealed to us uh, what a chest like that can do. And this passage is known as the passage of the chest of Joash, uh, who was king uh, over all Judea. And he became king at a, at a very young age. He was only seven years old. Now, he had been living with the high priest for uh, some seven years, and, and uh, they had to hide him away because uh, there were those forces that wanted to kill him. And to destroy uh, even the line that was going to lead from David to the Lord Jesus. And so there was a great desire for that to happen. Uh, and it was a wicked plan. It was a wicked scheme. But God was able to overcome it. And Athaliah, uh, who went to the throne, I think the only ruler uh, that, over Israel um, or over Judea, uh, that, was a, that was a woman, was, was her. Uh, and, uh, you know, when, when uh, the king, um, the little boy was declared king, all of Judea and Jerusalem celebrated. My goodness, they had a great celebration. And the next thing they wanted to do was to slay Athaliah. And so that happened. 
And here was a little boy, seven years old, that was going to grow up to be king over Judea. And he was going to reign in Jerusalem for 40 years. And his name was Joash. And the Bible tells the story of Joash uh, in several different places. I think we saw it in our Sunday school lessons uh, the last quarter uh, as we were looking at First and Second Kings. Um, but the Bible says of Joash that Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. Now, he did as he grew older and as he no longer had the guidance of this high priest who had hid him away and then had instructed him for however many years it was until he was ready to assume the responsibility of a king over Judea, he sought the Lord with all of his heart. And, 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 and he did what was right in the eyes of God. Like a lot of people, when that influence goes away, their lives can change. Um, and so it was with Joash, but that's not the story we're looking at today. Uh, when Joash began to understand what it was to be king over Judea, the Bible says in verse 4 of chapter 24, Joash set his heart on repairing the house of the Lord. You know, that's a, that's a great expense to the church. Denny and I were talking about it just a few minutes ago. Uh, it takes a lot of money to keep the house of the Lord up. You know, it just doesn't keep itself up. And I'm sure that was true of the temple uh, as, as it was passed on to, from generation to generation. Uh, and we look around and we say, oh, we have this beautiful place to come and worship, and we do. But it won't always be beautiful unless we choose to make it beautiful. It will not always be a place that people will want to come and to worship unless we make sure through our worship and through our praying and through our teaching and through our preaching that we reflect on the glory of God. And what God has told us. And all of those things are a challenge today. We probably spend more money on, on taking care of these facilities than any other single expense. And where does those dollars come from? They come from you. They don't really come from you. They... They come from the Lord. And then the Lord puts them into your hands. And then you return those blessings, whether it be your singing, Carolyn, or whether it be your praying, many prayer warriors in here, whether it be your giving, whatever it is that you do to glorify God, you take that which is in your hands and you give it back to him. You yield control of those things. They become sacred. Even our children sometimes 
It's hard for people to give up children to go to a foreign mission field. My mama said, Marshall, why can't you stay home and just preach here? And you, you don't have to go to seminary. Well, I wouldn't have had to go to seminary if God didn't say go to seminary. He just sent me to the wrong one, you know. It was awful. <laughs> I learned things that I didn't believe that, that people in church could ever believe. But, you know, that's another story for another day. But oftentimes we have to yield our children even, which is our most precious possession. So there are many different ways that God asks us to give and that we are then able to consecrate it back into his hands. And that brings some of the greatest joy. It brings some of the greatest blessing. That's what Jesus meant about an abundant life more than enough. I don't know how, but Peggy Lee and I have always, always, always had more than enough because I learned early on as a believer that I had to take a good portion of that which he gives to me and return it, set it aside and return it to him, consecrated to him as a sacred gift which he receives. And then as I read to you just a moment ago, there from Jesus in Luke chapter 6, he multiplies it over and over again. I want to tell you I've learned a lot of things as a believer, but I think that is the one thing that has made my life so special. And I think Paley would say the same thing. We have been blessed beyond anything we ever dreamed in our lives. And that's why we remain faithful to him. That's why I keep preaching this book, because this book has changed my life. And it's through little stories like we're looking here in the 24th chapter of Second Chronicles about Joash. And the Bible says, uh, as he got to an appropriate age, it says down in verse 8, then at the king's command, at Joash's command, they made a chest. I was glad to see this had gold around it. Now, I don't think it's real gold. I thought highly of this chest till I opened it up and seen it was lined with plyboard. So I thought, well, this chest is not as special as I thought. Listen, it becomes special because you use it for God's glory. That's what makes it special. And we have to remember that. And so the king, Joash, made a chest, and he set it outside of the house, at the gate of the house of the Lord, and they made a proclamation. Now listen to that. They made a chest, and when they had made the chest, which is what God asked them to do, they set it outside of the house of the Lord, and then they made a proclamation throughout Judah and Jerusalem to bring to the Lord the collection that Moses, Moses, the servant of God, had imposed on Israel in the wilderness. Now, I can't read something like that with going back, without going back and, and thinking on Moses for a moment. So I'm just going to flip back. This is uh, Exodus 25, if you want to go. But 
you don't have to go because we're going back to 2 Chronicles 24. But here it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses way back when they were wandering through the wilderness. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring men offerings from everyone who gives it willingly from his heart you take my offering. Whatever anybody wants to give. Does not matter what, but whatever they want to give. They just give. You know, I, I found some people like to give more than others. I, I, I don't know. I, some of us aren't able to give as much as others. I mean, that's just the way it works. God doesn't look on the, on the size of the gift. He looks on the sacrifice that's made. Some people can't, can't give what other people can give. But what he says here says, you know, um, take this offering. From everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. And let them, verse 8, chapter 25, and let them make me, God speaking, a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show you, Moses. And so that is exactly what they do. Now, if you're a biblical student, you can start in Exodus 25, or, or really, um, I, I think you might even go back to Exodus 24, and you can read nine chapters no, that would be more than nine chapters. That would be 12 chapters. And those 12 chapters describe one thing, and that is the tabernacle of God. The place where God was going to dwell among his people throughout all of their wanderings through the wilderness. And, and so the scriptures uh, it just it is so amazing what God revealed uh, to Moses. But uh, the Bible says there, in, when we get over to chapter 36, it says that then all of the craftsmen who were assigned to do the work that God had told Moses that he needed to do, the work of the sanctuary, each from the work he was doing, and they spoke to Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. You know, one thing I've noticed the last 10 years is your pastor, God always gives us enough. Now, we are not stacking up a lot of gold at the bank, I can tell you that. But we have used it faithfully for God's glory. And that's something that's very important. Because God will give us enough for whatever he asks us or commands us to do. So, Moses then, in turn, gave a commandment and they caused it to be proclaimed. Same thing again that we read over there about Joash. Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. Now, I've never got to that point. I'm always trying to build or improve the sanctuary, as y'all well know, or retire the dead on the sanctuary, or do something for the glory of God and for his dwelling place. 
and the people were restrained from giving. I don't know that I've ever restrained anybody in the church from giving. I have always been willing to receive that offering, whatever it may have been. But the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient for all of the work to be done. Indeed, too much. Now, outside of reading it from the Bible, I've never really told y'all that you gave too much. I'd love to be able to do that at some point in time, but time's running short, you know. About to the end of my pastoral journey. But oh my goodness, that has been one of the most special, special parts. To see the joy, to see the excitement of being obedient to God and doing that which he asked you to do and taking that for which he has already blessed us with and giving it back to him that he might be glorified. You know, this is not the only story. There's a pattern of giving, as I said earlier. There is always this pattern of giving which amazes me. I, I, I'm just going to mention this to you because, again, I, just, I could have gone many places. Matter of fact, I just had to stop. I couldn't, I couldn't, all that God showed me this week, I, I just had to stop and make sure that I didn't preach too long. I know that bothers some folks, but sometimes I never get to preach enough, tell you the truth. But uh, I went on over just to see what the Scripture said. I got to thinking about they went from the tabernacle to what? As far as worshiping the Lord. They went from the tabernacle to where? To the temple. They built a temple for the Lord. Now, David wanted to build a temple. God wouldn't let him build it because of his violent nature uh, of all the men that he had killed in the midst of all of the battles that he had fought. But he began to prepare for that day when Solomon, his son, would come and they would build this glorious temple there in Jerusalem. Now, that story is told over in 28 and 29 of, of 1 Chronicles. Now, listen, just, just a couple of words here. And David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. And he will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the Lord. Hey, listen, I want to tell you something. That's good advice. You got to finish what you begin. That's what you have to do. It may not always be convenient. It may not always be easy, but, but, but David commanded his son. And, and the result of that, uh, as a result of that, they completed the task. And David, you know what he did? He, he knelt down and he prayed. He said, now therefore our God, this is chapter 29, just two verses, 13 and 14. Now therefore our God, we thank you. Whatever you receive, you better thank God for it. You better thank God. I was a wedding last night and uh, 
I was sitting with my sister and her husband and my first cousin and, and his wife and Peggy Lee and Ellie and I. And so they bring out all this food. Oh, my goodness. And uh, so my first inclination was to what? Give thanks. Oh, my goodness. It was so bountiful just to give thanks. And so we just bowed our head and prayed right there in the midst of that uh, wedding uh, feast, I guess you might say. And uh, thank goodness, thank goodness that uh, my brother, who obviously had prepared all of that for his granddaughter, he came to the mic, thanked everybody for being there, and he asked the blessing over all of those people and over all of that food. Listen to me. Don't ever fail to thank God for what he gives to you. And so, the Bible says, Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I, David says, and who are my people? that we should be able to offer so willingly as this. For all things come from you, Father, and of your own we have, and of your own we have given back to you. You know what that is? I've already mentioned it this morning. Terrible time for this mic to fall off my ear, but those things happen. What that is, is consecration. In its simplest form, we have given something back to God for a sacred person or a purpose that we know is going to bring glory. And most often when we look at these these. Stories from the Old Testament, it often and almost always has to do with the house of the Lord, the place where the Lord dwells among his people. Fortunately, when we get to the New Testament, I won't go there because I could go for a long time. The reason for that is God has given you a Holy Spirit to live and abide in your heart. You don't ever get away from the presence of God. But God still loves for us to consecrate that which he has given to us, just as that passage of Scripture says. That, that, you know, hear that again. That we should be able to offer so willingly as this, for all things come from you and of your own we have given back to you. What a beautiful picture of how life really ought to be. So, we go back to the story of Joash in chapter 24 of 2 Chronicles. They made a chest, and they set it at the gate of the house of the Lord, and then they made a proclamation, which I've been proclaiming for several weeks now. They made a proclamation throughout Judah and Jerusalem to bring to the Lord the collection that Moses 
the servant of God had imposed. Well, that word is in italics. That means it can be translated in different ways. I don't read into that story of Moses that he imposed anybody. I read in that story to bring whatever you have that will assist us in building the tabernacle which served them so well for almost a thousand years. The servant of God had encouraged on Israel in the wilderness. Then all of the leaders, and this is a time for setting an example, then all of the leaders and all of the people rejoiced and brought their contributions and put them into the chest. And it doesn't matter where you put a nickel in, a $5 bill, a $50 bill, a $100 bill, or write a $1,000 check. It doesn't matter. Whatever you give comes from your heart and is returned to God as a sacred and a consecrated gift that will bring glory to him. And so then all of the leaders and all the people rejoiced because it's a great opportunity for God to bless you. You want a blessing? Oh, my goodness. What a blessing God can bring. Um, Peggy Lee, what was your favorite preacher's name? Bill Stafford from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And old Bill, man, he was a pastor, and, and uh, he, uh, his church was in a building campaign. But the Lord had been putting on his heart he was supposed to go into evangelism. So what Bill did was, he sold the family farm and gave every single penny of it to the Lord. Last time I saw Bill and his wife, they were riding around in a big motor home, never missed a beat, preaching the gospel all over the country. I mean, Peggy Lee, she loves preaching, but she loved old Bill Stafford. Oh, my goodness. He always claimed that he was so ugly that his mama had to tie a bone around his neck in order for the dog to play with him. And I'm going to tell you, he was. He didn't preach on his looks, that's for sure. And he didn't preach on his money because he gave it all away. He just kept on preaching and God kept on giving. Oh, my goodness, if I could just have him here one time and just preach a giving message, but he died um, uh, last year, year before last. He'd call me every Christmas day. He'd call us. And uh, he was an example. He was a witness. He poured into me those things that have allowed me to be able to accomplish what I've accomplished in building buildings and all of the other things that, that have been a part of, of, of our ministry. So, Then all the leaders and all the people rejoiced and brought their contributions and put them in the chest until all had given. Just bring something. And you go by and you go, no, but you and the Lord. Just bring something. I know some of you have already given. We're, goodness, we're almost halfway to our goal. We need to get it out of the way pretty quick because, you see, 
As I was listening to the announcements this morning, we've got a lot of other things to give to. We've got to pay for Christmas and all of those things and expenses that come with that. We've got to get this behind us. Or some of us are going to be cold in Sunday school come the end of November. And you're going to complain and you're going to wonder why it would be because we had not completed the work the Lord gave us to do. Just a thought. Just a thought. So they put, in the chest, put it in the chest. And when they saw that there was much money in that chest, the priest officer came and emptied the chest and took it and returned it to its place. That's just in case. That's just in case we need more. And so we'll just keep on setting this chest here till we get the other half of what we're trying to raise, along with the other two congregations who will be giving in that direction also. And, 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 and listen to what happened. They returned it to its place there in the house of the Lord, and thus they did day by day and gathered money in abundance. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You know what abundance is? I already defined it for you. It made very well was defined as, 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 as Kevin uh, expressed it there a little bit ago. It is more than enough. Sometimes I feel kind of bad that God has blessed me with so much. You say, well, won't you do like your buddy Bill Stafford and give it all away? Because I can't preach like Bill Stafford can, that's why. And Peggy Lee wouldn't go on the road with me in a motorhome either. You know, God calls different people for different things. But day by day, day by day, they gave money in abundance. And the king and Jehoiada gave it to those who did the work of the service of the house of the Lord. And they restored the house of God to its original condition. That's on down in verse... 13. So that's the story. Now, God gives us many opportunities to be obedient to a story like this. Uh, you know, uh, if, even if you wanted to go over to, uh, um, you know, to 2 Corinthians, uh, when he was talking about the giving of the Macedonian church, and oh, what giving it was that, 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 that they were just uh, receiving all of this uh, joy um, and the Bible says this about that Macedonian church it said moreover brethren we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia that in great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and the deep poverty abounded in the riches of their giving for I bear witness Paul writes that according to their ability and yes beyond their ability they were freely willing to give. But as you abound in everything, 
in faith and speech and knowledge and all diligence. And in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. Now, I know eight or $9,000 is not the end of the world for a church, especially a church who has accomplished what you have accomplished even since I have been here. But we need to finish it. We need to finish it before it becomes a deterrent to all of the ministry opportunities we're going to have in the Christmas season. Whether it's these shoeboxes over there, whether it's the families that need things, whether it's the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. I mean, listen, it is coming up upon the giving season. We can do it. We can finish if everybody will give something. And so many of you already have. But I don't mind saying to you, you were blessed when you gave the first time. You'll be doubly blessed when you give the next time. And what was it that, uh, who was it? Elisha? As he was replacing Elijah? Said, Lord, I just need a double blessing. Hey, listen, if you're looking for a double blessing, this is your opportunity to do that. And you know, I just got one more verse I got to read. And, and, and you know, it is just amazing. For he says this, a couple of chapters later of the churches in Macedonia. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And you know, when I look at something like that, it just blesses my life. And also, as I look, God's grace, God's grace will always be sufficient and fulfilling that which he has promised to us. As churches um, I don't know what else I can say or what else I can read or whatever I can give to encourage you in that giving uh, but thanks be to God for the indescribable gift of grace that we have enjoyed because now listen it goes right back to the heart of this message because you have nothing that God did not give to you. You are nothing. Let God have blessed you to become just who you are. And most of us have spent a lifetime listening and obeying. Trust and obey. For there's no other way. To be happy, really happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Lord, thank you, Lord, for today. And Lord, I just thank you for just putting these things back in my mind that have traveled through my mind several times over the years. And Lord, as I studied the scriptures this week, the only problem was trying to decide which scripture I was going to focus on. Because, Lord, there are so many examples of the, your people giving and you blessing. 
Old Abraham ran into Melchizedek out in the middle of nowhere and didn't know who he was. He just knew he was a prince or a priest from on high. The priest of righteousness. There was something different about Melchizedek. Abraham gave him a tent of everything that he had. Oh my goodness, if we could just listen, we could understand all that God is speaking to our hearts. And then where our faith, faith may be weak, that you would strengthen our faith to do whatever you ask. That's all. He may want you to give a nickel because he's wanted everybody to give something. But whatever he asks you to do next Sunday and the Sundays thereafter, maybe just next Sunday, I hope it's just one and done. But whatever it is, Lord, we're going to give you glory and we're going to finish the work you have given us to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.